name is Michael Sandoval. And I'm Chris Stetzel. And welcome once again to another <laughs> Peers Over Beers uh, podcast. And uh, we are truly, truly having a beer today. We are. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> uh, so we were just finishing up a topic on on content, right? And, and there was some interesting topic you were we were going in around how do you sell pardon me the community you were and one of the things i have to hand it to you uh, was your ability to kind of get in front of people and talk about the value right and, and i had mentioned at the very end that it was really hand-to-hand combat right yeah it was and kind of as a as a catch-up that we're talking about was was content strategy around one of those areas was around finding tribal knowledge hmm. and talking to those who had the knowledge and getting them to contribute to the community. Yep. Um, and you were slightly going into this idea of how you did it, right? Mm. Um, can you tell me a little bit about one in particular, one one case in particular uh, that, that's worked for you and what you did to get them excited? Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of them, but one of the things that I, that I did, and it was kind of a lot of fun, but it, it took a lot of time and effort. And, um, and as a matter of fact, this this guy was in Germany. So, uh, one, I couldn't speak the language. Two, um, I had to find somebody that could speak that language, but also English. So what I did was I worked with the e-commerce team in Germany and I was like, Hey, look, I need this. I need somebody that is an expert in what we call automation or KNX and, and, and these things. And so, so this woman, Marion, super awesome. If she's listening, <laughs> um, but she found me this guy, and, and so I talked to this guy. He knew English a little bit, and so I, I let him know and what I was doing. He seemed very excited about, you know, uh, creating content and those things. But the problem was, it's actually getting people to create content. Mm. Does that make sense? So yeah, no, it's you know, it's really difficult. You know, if I say, "Hey, you want to write a blog?" and they're like, Man. "Well, you know, yeah, but uh, <laughs> it takes a long time. How do you do that?" Yeah. So. What I did was, and maybe you came up with the idea, I don't remember, but um, things I do today, <laughs> whether or not whoever came up with it, um, we went to a place, I went to a place called Upwork. Oh, no, 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 not, not on that one we didn't, right? We went to an, um, some other place. No, I remember pulling, uh, I think we started, I, I remember, at least, I think it was for this one, I posted something on Craigslist, and we had a uh, content writer. But that was that was for something else. No, earlier. we went we went through some agency uh, to oh, get this person. Oh God, no. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. we went through this agency, and so what we were looking for was somebody that was in Aquent. the U.S. Yeah, it was Aquent. Yeah, yeah. Somebody that was in the U.S. but knew German very well. It was a native German speaker and uh, also knew English. And so we found this guy that was really good. I forget his name, but anyways, we basically interviewed. Um, the German guy from from um, Rexel or Hagemeyer at the time, mm-hmm. and we we pu- we pushed out like ten plus pieces of really long content, you know, that was really juicy for SEO, and we put it under his name. The other piece, so there was a lot of wiki articles, which was really good, and there's product related and things like that. I mean, this stuff became. At, at first, we didn't know if it's going to work, but this stuff became really, really juicy. And I was like, you know what else we can do is can we create 10 or 15 questions and answers around 
these wiki articles, you, you were like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so what I did was um, I, I had somebody post the questions and lots of questions, like 10 or 15 questions. I think it was 15 on the, the, the grid. And, and then I actually had the answers, so it was good. So I, I logged in as the expert and then posted it as him. And so we got extremely good content. And then I created a couple of blogs around those Q and A's and, and, and things. So, you know, from a content standpoint on that one topic, it was extremely, extremely good, but you know, the content was really good, but that person was really excited. And then I had a couple of other people that were wanting to do some of that as well, mm. because that person would tell them how easy it was. Yeah. Or Cause we had somebody whatever. write it. <laughs> yeah. You have somebody write it. I mean, really that's the way to do it at, at first, because if you don't have a staff, like, like even at the company I'm at today, <laughs> it's just me. And so I have to do some of those same tactics to drive content. Yeah. I, and, and not a, it's writing is not a natural thing for a lot of people. Yeah. I remember somebody asked me, like, I don't know if it was my boss or, or even as a freestyle, I was like, Chris, are you going to write some of these things? Hell no, I'm not going to write this. <laughs> like, I'm the last person that knows anything about security or uh, anything like that, right? But I can yeah. find somebody that can do it pretty easily um, and just pay them. So you give me the budget, then I can make it happen. Yeah, we, we, we were talking about this too with this idea that they don't want to talk to me. They don't want to talk to, they want to, talk to the guy who actually made the <laughs> yeah. product. Yeah, they want to talk to... <laughs> You know, Bill, that that is actually the electrician, or or knows a lot about the products, yeah. or is an expert in, in those kinds of things. I'm I'm an expert in building a community and setting up a strategy. Yeah. I'm not the expert in writing all that shit. Yeah, you exactly. know that's that's I, I think that's a misconception. Um, I don't know if you've seen some of those uh, back in the day, like the job descriptions of a community manager, and and some of it is, you know, you must write content be an expert in all these things you know writing etc and, and i'm like yeah not really you know that's not really what you know you want them to build the strategy you want them to be on the forums you want to do all these things and i think that's just a misconception of what we actually do anyways that's another topic no 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 <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a quite germane because i think there are you know community managers listening now who are you know i i don't write you know, yeah. I mean, yes, I can write some stuff, but yeah. it takes Very time. Very flowery. It, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an inside joke. Inside joke. I, I can I can write some very flowery stuff, but uh, it it takes it takes someone with talent and someone with uh, who is that is their core competency yeah. to yeah. do it right. And it's good to have people if you have a larger community organization where you have on staff someone who is writing original content. Absolutely, that is very valuable. Because then they can do this thing about interviewing individuals, uh, writing up scripts to do videos. Yeah, I don't have to go find somebody to do it. They just they'll go do it themselves. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I've worked at ten companies before, uh, where a lot of the white papers that are written from engineers weren't written by the engineers. They were actually written by professionals. Yeah, they just interviewed them. Just interview them. Yeah, send them the. You know what I do is I'll interview them or I'll have the content writer interview the person. I'll be on the phone. I'll record it and then send it to the content writer and they can write up five or 10 blogs. You know, I mean, I think that's really the way to do it. Yep. Um, so I know we, we started talking a little bit about how you would convince people, but we're kind of actually going into this idea of how we 
generated content in Germany. Yeah, that's true. Which, which is fine. That's all right. Um, it'll be in the show notes uh, that I'll put in there. Mm. Uh, but since we're on the subject, um, uh, let me ask you. I, I don't yeah. know. Did you think in in kind of building this original content in German for the German audience? And, and I think to we keep using the word KNX, but this is, that's the IoT standard in Europe. Yeah. Um, was that used as a way to get people more involved in Germany? Mm. It, it's hard to know because because for me, the there were a few people that were interested in in getting more engaged in in the community uh, in Germany, but. The people that they dealt with, it seems like whether they were customers or internal people, you know, the the English there wasn't very great. You know, people didn't speak English um, a lot, so I didn't really get to. We had several conversations uh, with some German folks, but you know, if I wanted to call the branches and things like that because they were off in some far off place in Germany. You know, the, the English just was very broken, and it was very difficult to communicate. Trust me, I tried. I, I remember calling a bunch of folks, and, and they were like, no, don't understand what you're saying, basically. And so that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Good, that yeah. part was hard, um, you know, uh, specifically for the community. Um, now, that some of those things did happen in the U.S., uh, in Canada. Um, but, you know, our, I, I believe that our... Um, big win and things like that were both in France and um, uh, Germany from a community standpoint. Hmm. Uh, there was some big wins in Canada, as I mentioned. Uh, they were very excited about, but but we didn't really do a lot of content. It was more of them getting their customers out there and, and asking questions. You know, another big problem with that was I didn't have anybody to answer those questions in Canada. Anyways, it's another issue that we... Yeah, I, I don't know if this is part of it, and I think we said we'd talk a little bit about electric holding separately, but um, one of the reasons we were looking at creating some of this original article content was that uh, the, the community was being positioned a little bit differently from what we were originally doing in the United States. Remember, yeah. the United States was around product selection or um, helping you through your purchase cycle, right? Mm. self-help type stuff in this case it was centered around um the 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 unspoken heroes if you will of so you need to go backwards society. because you just said electrohelden and nobody we, we've never mentioned that yeah, word. yeah yeah so electrohelden in german means the electric the electric electrician heroes right in german and we that kind of naturally came up in some of our conversations because one of the things that I, I believe in kind of doing a community strategy is to understand what is the voice of the customer? What, are mm. we, what is the impetus? What is the thing that makes them proud to be a contributor, right? And one of the things that kind of comes up on a lot of our data is that electricians are a very proud group yeah, of individuals. that's right. They believe they're unsung because they are the ones that are keeping the lights on. They're the ones that know, you know, you may not... <laughs> You may not know that they're an important part of society until shit happens, yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're like the most important people in the whole world. But yet, there's this—they're just this secret, not secret, but they're just this brotherhood. I think is the word that's used in the states. And in Germany, it's the same way, right? They—they they, they believe that they were the unsung heroes. So we come. This is the whole idea about 
electrician heroes. Yeah. And that's where Electro Helden uh, comes in. And it seemed to speak well, right? Um, it, it came across very, very well. So in part of that genre of electrician heroes, we were trying to give them, and the way we post the information was like, be the smarter person, or let me help you through, uh, uh, we know that you're having to know a lot of information. Yeah. Let us help you brush up on information. Let us help you make, so you can have a positive face in front of your clients, right? So yeah. you can always be that center of, you can always be the hero. Yeah, and, and that's how we came up with this name called Electroheldon because we had what we called the grid.rexcel.com uh, in North America, but we also had the grid.rexcel.fr in France. But it just didn't uh, resonate with the audience in Germany. So we rebranded the grid and we called it Electroheldon and came yep. up with its own logo and everything else. And, and, and that's you know because of what Michael just said, Electric Heroes... Um, is why we came up with that. So, we, then the French got upset and they wanted their own. But I don't <laughs> think we ever got that was so funny. That's right. They, <laughs> they did. I mean, it was they were begging for their own. We're like, fine. You know, what do you want to call it? And they never could tell us. So we just kept it as the grid. And it, it's it's interesting. I, I, you know, again, I'm very curious about how others had to find their community. Right? There's there's a lot of areas of thought. Is this a branded community, which mm. means it's a community that comes from, it shares the, the brand. brand of the company, right? You can create your own community that looks completely separate. This is a lot of like the uh, um, like open source type of communities, yeah. right? They have their own brand. They don't want to be affiliated at all with uh, any particular... Um, yeah, folks like, and, and maybe this is not what you're talking about, but when you look at uh, GitHub and those other things, you can have developer communities on there that represent maybe their brand or the brand they're on, but they yep. don't really, they're not, you know, a branded community specifically, if that makes sense. Yep. 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 Yeah. I, I remember I if that means if that's what we're talking about. No. Yeah. So, I mean, I, when I was at Freescale, we started a community called riotboard.org mm. and that was a board that was trying to compete. And I, I think it's still a good competitive strategy was around a raspberry Pi and some of these others, but it was a community that was, that received a lot of content from Freescale engineers. Right? Okay. And in some case, we didn't want to have any, we didn't, we wanted to be so, we wanted to be free that others can participate and it's not owned by a, a company. Oh, you anyway. think developers think that, hey, if this is not part of that company, then maybe um, uh, they'll get more engaged. Is that was kind of the Yeah, so this is going or... back to the whole idea of understanding your customer base, right? What is the voice? Like, in this case, for developers, for I de like it. Yeah, for developers, they had this, uh, you know, they, you know, their uh, engineers. I'm being one of them. Had have a natural distrust, if you will, to you know big brands. box brands, right? Yeah. Um, but yet they will trust their peer, right? They'll trust their fellow, you know, coder, if you will. So that's where a lot of stuff makes sense. Um, in this case. Again, this is going back to the very beginning where we said, well, there must be value in the name Rexel, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we said this way. But in this case for, for Electroheldon, there was value in the peer, right? So that's why we start off with Electroheldon. Yeah. Uh, but we did keep, we tied the brand to the Electroheldon 
That's right. Moniker, right? Uh, because we call it electrohealth.rexile.com. Uh, I'm sorry. The the, the brand in uh, Germany is called Hagemeyer. It was. Now it's Rexel. Yeah, now it's Rexel, but, but at the time it was a Hagemeyer. And let's back up because it's interesting because we didn't have a lot of, we had a lot of SEO success, but we didn't have a lot of people joining the community. And, and the big reason in the beginning was because people in Germany don't trust um, or, or they feel like if they, even, even the, uh, um, employees felt like they weren't experts, so they didn't want to call themselves experts. And so if they mess up, then they're liable for all of that stuff. And so there was this I, huge kind yeah, of, you bring up a good point. This is about the cultural definitions yeah. of community for every country, for every country, right? It was interesting to learn about the culture of Germany. Absolutely. And for Americans, you know. It's easy I can get to get four thousand people, no problem. Yeah, exactly. Oh, free T-shirt, <laughs> no problem. Uh, but in Germany, there was so much like, uh, who's going to be reading this? Um, are is it okay to say these things? They wanted someone else to see it. And I even remember hmm. we had a, uh, you had to put in some coding uh, to remind That's those right. that were contributing right. that this is don't say anything bad about the. I mean, it was just. The amount of checks and balances that that kind of went in. It was. But it was cultural, right? It was a very, part of that culture. So, you know, uh, again, for, for community managers who are, are expanding their community, again, this sounds trite, but yes, you have to under, you have to understand the culture. You have to understand the, the, the customers. What do they do? How do they react? Is this natural for them to talk online? If it mm. isn't, how do you ease them into it? And even though as an American, you may think, oh, pshaw. You know, I, I don't need no stinking badge. No, if you want your community to be successful, you have to do these things, right? That's yep. one of them. I remember that. You had yeah. to do some, we had to do a lot of legal stuff. We had to have it reviewed by EU oh law. Gosh. I mean, we had, oh. It was insane. It was insane. But it got launched, right? We, we pushed yeah, it out Yeah, it was launched and, and what we was, made it happen. <laughs> what's very interesting, I know when you would talk to individuals, uh, and you're right, there was a language barrier, but even with some of our colleagues in Germany, yep. they would ask questions. Has this been blessed by, they That's would go right. down the list. Has legal seen this? Yes. Has marketing seen this? Yes. Well, you know what's uh, funny about that too is when I was in, talking to the French, they're like, was this approved by the Germans? Because, <laughs> That's right. because if it's approved by the Germans, <laughs> then it should be no problem for us. Then no problem for us. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> so if, if Germany... Approve certain things, you know. Uh, yeah, by law. de facto, by law, it's, it should be just fine. It should be easy to get through. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty funny. But again, this is going back to a conversation we had a, a podcast ago, which was, <laughs> did we do this as a community manager? Yes. We were the ones in front of legal. We were the ones yeah. working with the marketing team. Yes. Coming up with the moderation guidelines, uh, training individuals. Day. You know, that's what you got to do. You got to. Yeah, push it's, these it's funny. A fourteen plus billion dollar company, and you and I, and this guy Jeff, that you know, developer, just yeah. doing. Like I said, it was a third of our job, but a big part of it was community, and and uh, the shit that we got done was pretty amazing. If yeah, you think about, about it. I mean, just on the legal side, up to that point, the, the company had never had mm. a set of agreements blessed on the EU court and even on the US court around social contribution. Yeah. Or they, they never thought about how, you know, 
because I wouldn't even ask this question. I said, surely a company this size would have some sort of way to understand <laughs> what happens when an employee contributes externally, yeah. right? And they go, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, the, the the groundwork we had to lay by lay uh, uh, for the company uh, pays off for them now, right? But it was you know yeah. it was you know two guys just. Uh, yeah, I remember. That's right. I remember a story went to legal in the U.S. and this wasn't on community, but it was around ratings and reviews. It's just about giving prizes and things like that. And so it was certainly eventually going to be around community because we wanted to give customers gifts and stuff, you know, yeah. shirts or whatever. But uh, the even the U.S. guy at Rexel was like, "Yeah, we've never done this before." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." I mean, because it in, going digital is difficult and. And and they didn't have at the time a great digital um, presence. Now they had some websites and things like that, and um, so and especially from a social digital standpoint, it was completely different. Yeah, no, it is completely different. And again, this is all the fun part, right? This is how you start. I mean, this is yeah. for me. This is fun, right? For me, that is the fun part: is to go figure it out, put it on the whiteboard, and say, "Okay, this is what we got to go do." Yeah, it's. If I look back, I, I think about how much fun I had. I mean, it was highly stressful for me yeah. at the time, but it's because I was in a realm that I didn't even completely understand, but mm-hmm. I believed it, you know, and and, um, and, I, and I believe it even more now that I've been in it mm. for several years. And so, um, you know, it, it's it's a hard, hard thing. Uh, if you look at the company I've, uh, I'm with now, um, we're, I wouldn't say we're exactly similar, but... It, it's still doing something that no one's done before. The company's been around for almost 20 years and hasn't doesn't have a community, which is crazy to think about. Our competitors have had communities for 10 years, um, and they tout that they have 300. One, one company tells that they have 300,000 plus members. Yep. Now, that doesn't really mean a lot, you know. But correct. But it is active, and or it seems on the outside active, and and so we're lagging behind. And so we're, we're changing the way organizations think, the way organizations, maybe it's not completely thinking, but just the way we do business with our customers because we've never really digitally done business with them and helped them mm. the way we, we should be, right? Like Rexel, that was a big thing that we wanted to do was help our customers make better buying decisions or good buying decisions. Um, maybe that's actually a good way to end on this podcast um, is around belief, right? Mm. Um, we, because uh, I think that's another characteristic of a lot of community managers and community leaders do, which is they, we truly believe that mm-hmm. this is the catalyst of Absolutely. change, right? And, and I think you even, we've had this on many kind of private conversations as well before, is that you feel like you're the only one battling mm. the battle, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of folks who are out there who feel the same way too. You're not alone. <laughs> there's something said about not being alone right? <laughs> i go talk to a lot of people that feel the same way as me way. okay uh, good i feel better yeah exactly uh we've all been through it in some in some manner of fashion and it's part of the reason why we want to talk about it um but with that i know we were going to talk a little bit about um uh how you get people excited on the community but i think it was a good podcast to just talk about how we got electro health and started yeah uh on it um uh for, for this podcast. But um, join us again next time. My name is Michael Sandoval. And I'm Chris Detzel. Thank you very much for uh, listening. All right, thanks.